You're tuned in to the Faithful Fanatic Podcast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings. We're back. 49er football is back after a long bye week. Came at a very unfortunate time, coming off a three-game losing streak. I have Grant Cohn with me here again tonight to discuss this eventful 49er bye week from the John Lynch-Matt Mayoko interview to the DeForest Buckner being made available to 49ers media to ask questions to Kyle Shanahan saying second round pick Aaron Banks is behind Tom freaking Compton to the Colts preview. We have a, a fun show ahead of us. Grant, as always, thank you for joining me tonight. My pleasure. My pleasure. So Good let's to see talk. you, Nick. Good to see oh. you. Amin the dream in the comment section. Amin the, dream. Amin the dream. Shout out to Amin the dream. Yep. Let's get your thoughts with the Matt Mayoko sit down with John Lynch. And one of your tweets was if you have to have this conversation to talk about how there's not a crisis to reassure everybody, there's not a crisis that maybe just maybe there is some sort of crisis or some sort of people feeling some type of way inside the building. What, what are your thoughts on the conversation Matt Mayoko had with John Lynch? And if you have any idea as far as what could be going on, inside the 49ers building, what do you think that is? I, I just get the feeling that Mayoko is the most connected of the beat writers, mm -hmm. which means that he's kind of the voice of the organization in a sense. And so when he's asking John Lynch, if there's a crisis, I kind of look at it as like, it's kind of like the organization asking John Lynch if, if there's a crisis or at least giving Matt Mayoko the green light to do so. Um, I couldn't help but notice that yesterday, Wednesday when Matt participated in a group interview with Kyle Shanahan I was there the question Matt's question for Kyle was what'd you do in your bye week and what assignments did you assign your offense your coaches so not the same level of interrogation I think that kind of shows you you know who's vulnerable in the organization and who people expect to be around for a while that's a good call that's a good yeah. call and what interests me about the Mayoko and Lynch interview is how quickly that question came up. Like it was kind of, let's get straight to it. I'm just going to shoot this. You're on a three game losing streak right now. There's some speculation outside the building that maybe there's a, a there's crisis, a crisis, a crisis off right there, but then goes to the ear and like really shows that he's a, <laughs> a terrible poker player. Yeah. I know, and I agree with all that. And what was interesting is there was not much more face touching or ear fidgeting as the rest of the interview went on. So that was something that definitely caught my attention. I don't know. When I, this is the least amount of confidence I've had in John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan throughout their entire tenure. Mm. I have a lot of doubts that this team is heading in the right direction. And John Lynch didn't do a good job of convincing me otherwise. Normally, he convinces me otherwise or whatever he's trying to sell. I buy normally because he's so well-spoken and he carries himself. I'm very big on his representation. Whereas with Kyle right. Shanahan, that's why I think they're a good mix for each other because John Lynch and the way he presents himself to the media, the way he articulates his thoughts and there's the way he goes about his business is not the same way as Kyle Shanahan. So I've always really admired John Lynch in that sense. And this was the first time really I was like, Oh man. Oh man, like the bye week for this team came at such a bad time. They're on a three-game losing streak. It's the sixth time in five years under Kyle Shanahan that this team is on a losing streak three games or greater. That's just, it's mm -hmm. tough. It's Not tough. Good. How many and, times did Harbaugh have three-game losing streaks? 
exactly never maybe once never. in that final maybe year once. in 2014 yeah, exactly. year yeah uh, it's just my in my 26 years of being a 49er fan of like i i don't really remember anything going back before second grade so this team their most successful coach in my lifetime was jim harbaugh and they right. couldn't work things out with Jim Harbaugh. Their most successful quarterback has been Jimmy Garoppolo. So it, I have this messed up mindset where it's just like everything that's been good to this organization, there's been some sort of problem with. And here we are with Kyle Shanahan. Right, it's not trying sustainable. To get this. It's, it's not exactly, sustainable. It's not Real quick, I want to say something like yes. uh, John Lynch is taking the brunt of this right now. Uh, yeah, on the chin. Yeah. Oh, my God. But the way I look at it is like, I don't think people really accurately portray the power dynamics in the organization. The way it's portrayed in the media guide is that it's a triumvirate. It is a power triangle between John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and Parag Marath. People don't talk about him, but he's been there for 21 years, and he's the executive vice president of the organization, which means technically he's above everyone except Jed. And he's in charge of uh, not just salary cap and contract negotiations, but analytics apparently too. When you read his bio in the 49ers website, they say that he uh, quote unquote works alongside Lynch and Shanahan on all aspects of the club's football operations. He's extremely powerful. Uh, And I don't think people talk about him enough. So it's easy to say Lynch is the one who's responsible, but he's obviously the least powerful of those three. Kyle has big time cachet in the league. The Yorks freaking adore Parag Marath because he saves them millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. John is replaceable. That's a great way of looking at it, an absolute great way of looking at it. And what's hard for me to assess where the blame should go, how to kind of hand it out, is not knowing the dynamics between John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Like, who is responsible for these personnel decisions? In most cases, it is the GM. But with Kyle Shanahan, we know how much control over he has over everything. Hold That's on. why we're talking about Buckner this week, right? Yes. Who decided that Buckner wasn't worth the money? I'm guessing Parag. We don't talk about Parag, but that's a Parag call. Oh, we're not gonna. He's not worth 21 million a year. Is that right, Parag? If you go to if you go again, you go to Parag's uh, page on Niners.com. His top accomplishments that they list are the extensions for Garoppolo, Armstead, and Ward. That was a Parag deal, I guess. Trading Buckner, doing too much, outthinking yourself. And I want to make sure I give credit to the right person. Yeah, it was Dieter Kurtenbach from San Jose yes. Mercury News who tweeted Keep something today that that I. I will he tweeted it. I'm it. like, dude, thank you. It, t- it took someone from freaking Chicago to point this <laughs> out because all of us here have been living with Parag. Like Parag's been on that team since I was in seventh grade. I mean, since you were what? A toddler. That, yeah, I was a toddler. Forever. And we just kind of accept it. But we're like, if you set, step back, you're like, wait a second, man. Why is this guy so powerful? Why? And so the exact tweet that Dieter Kirkenbach set out as Hutch Diesel, who is – that is the KMBR beat writer, Jake yeah, Hutchinson. I love that guy. Jake, and I have guy. said for years, the 49ers are the only team in the NFL that believes the salary cap is real. This is why you don't make the front office Great salary team. cap expert the most powerful person in the organization under the CEO. And there are many Great reasons team. why I love this tweet. And it's because 
I am with them that the salary cap, you see so many teams working around the salary cap year after year. And I just get in so many Twitter arguments over this and people bring up, well, down the road, four or five years down the road, you're going to have to deal with this, this and that. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what happens in four to five years down the road. If you're a team like the Rams that has success year after year, you're in the playoffs year after year. If you're a team like the Chiefs, you're in the playoffs year after year, you're constantly making your team better. You're in the playoffs every single year, even though you might have your middle linebacker, your outside linebacker, you have to get a backup to play the starting role because you have all these studs on both sides of the ball. That is so worth it to me. Like the Rams have Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Matthews. They're going to be fine for years to come. They're going to be fine. All those guys are locked up. The Chiefs, you think they're done. They just traded for Orlando Brown this offseason. I admire these teams that put their money where their mouth is. They're not constantly looking for loopholes or the cheapest contracts and try to exploit the negotiating process. This is something that I've been calling out the 49ers for years. And after Why do the 49ers like injured today, players? Because they can bend them over a barrel at the negotiating table. And so why do they keep doing why do they keep investing in, in injured players in free agency in the first three rounds of the draft where you don't invest in injured players? You wait until day three. Why do the Niners do that? Why do they do it when Balky was the uh, GM? Why do they do it now when Lynch is the GM? What's, who's the common denominator? Parag. Parag. Here, here's the thing. Like people don't know this is Niners history, especially if you're younger. So Eddie D ran the organization in the 80s and the 90s like it was the roaring 20s. There was no salary cap. He just spent. And spent and spent and spent. And then he got in this scandal in 98 on riverboat gambling. Gave the team to his sister in 99. She took over full-time in 2000. That's right around, well, I mean, the salary cap was implemented in the mid-90s, but the Niners were really getting into salary cap hell around 2000 because they didn't know how to manage it. That was, it, it was new to them. It was new to the league. They didn't know what to do. And they were in trouble around, it, it caught up to them in about five years. So they brought in Parag. Parag, in 2000, it's really good at that. And there were, it was kind of like a niche skill. In 2021, it's not. Everyone can do this. I'm sure there are 15-year-olds who could do this job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, they held on to him not because he brings them a winning edge, because he saves them money. They run this organization like it's their venue to make as much profit as possible, where in the 80s and 90s, Eddie – it was winning. about spending and winning like it, uh, the profit will come, but these guys operate in a whole, they basically have a bean counter running the show and have had that for the last 20 years. And it's going to be that way unless Niner fans get pissed off about it. And I hear exactly what you're saying. And I just think, you know, it comes off. It is a good thing. You, the 49ers don't give out many bad contracts, but it also kind of shows the reluctancy to, to spend money, to spend real money. Cause you see all these extravagant contracts that come out. Eric Armstead, for example, got this huge contract. And then you look at the details and everything. So they're smart in the way that they structure it, where you can cut Eric Armstead after June 1st and save 15, $16 million, whatever it would be. So, and a lot of, G, um, I a lot like, of real quick, I'm just saying, like, are doing that. If you look at that, why is this team can't? Why can they not have sustained success the last 20 years? <sighs> why are they kind of a rinky-dink organization? Well, they're run by a bean counter. I mean, he undoes. He he convinced they're run by a bean counter. I I just don't think you can <laughs> have sustained success. I'm serious. You I don't think you can have sustained winning success if your most your number one concern is 
the bottom line financially. And I, that's where I think the Yorks are. And the thing that's crazy about them is they've figured out that you don't have to win the NFL to make money. You don't. You don't have to win to profit. You just have to sell hope. And there's a lot of ways to do that. It's interesting. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is just how it seems like there's such a lack of urgency for this team to get everything turned around back to the way they are yep. from Kyle Shanahan and the way he's approaching Trey Lance to the game planning to the front office and investing in these players who constantly get hurt and not constantly you know find proven talent. There's no well, pressure on this organization locally yes. or nationally yep. to make them win. And that's, There's no pressure. Like oh, fans man. and me out here are like, man, you got to understand this. Had like, no, oh, man. No, they no. Okay, here, you're getting me fired up, Greg. Here we go. Here we go. Here comes my first I'm candy. saying like, this is that's a, what fans and media whoa. do on the East Coast. That's what they do in the Midwest. You hold these people accountable for record. It's year five. Come on. Come on, that, Bay Area. That, Let's go. And this is my biggest thing on Twitter. You know, I'm pushing the narrative. Pressure needs to be applied on Kyle Shanahan. And I'm just so sick of, oh, he's safe. He's safe. The money says he's safe. The contract says he's safe. Guess what? Stop the, with money, that. the money doesn't mean anything. He's not He's not going factoring into the cap. He can be it's relieved of his at any given moment. Will Demand success. Don't yes, yes. excuses for losing. Oh my Demand God. success. See you know what, what happens. I'm going to share something with you right now. I'm going to share something with you if I could find it in a timely manner and it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to. I was going to I was going to tweet this out. I was going to hold off on it. I held off on it. I was going to tweet it out that if you do the math, there's 7.8 billion people in this world. There are 32 head coaching jobs. If you're not giving me results in a timely manner, give me the next guy. Give Thank me the you. next guy. Bottom Thank line, you. bottom line, there's so many people out here and you can make the argument, oh yeah, there's 7.8 billion people, but only so many of them have football competency. I guarantee you there are so many people out there in the football world, at least, that yeah. can step in and achieve high levels of success. Kyle Shanahan is not entitled to this position. What no. has he done to make him entitled to run this organization? Well, he, he drafted Trey Lance, so you buy him an extra year. Do we really know he wanted Trey Lance? That's a whole other argument. That's a whole other right. conversation. But the bottom line is, I cannot stand the fan, the portion of the fan base that feels like Kyle Shanahan's entitled to be here because he's been dealt a rough hand and his quarterback's gone injured. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers almost made the freaking playoffs with Duck Thank Hodges. You. Like, don't give Thank me, you. don't give me that Thank Kyle Shanahan gets let off easy. It was his choice to come in to his the start of his coaching era, head coaching era with Brian Hoyer. It was his choice to not properly evaluate Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Of course, nobody knew what kind of quarterbacks they would become, but he didn't even bother to do the due diligence. It was his fault to give Jimmy Garoppolo the five-year contract extension. He had a huge hand in that. And Tom Brady turning him down. So you have to demand results. This is a results-based business. It's When five. people say that you're his five. system is good and that he has excuses for not winning, I just hear he's a coordinator because a head coach's job is to find a way to win. And if you can't do that and you point to injuries and this and that and it's like, well, my, my system's good, then just be the coordinator and we'll let someone else be your boss and he'll find a way to win. And my mindset is just everything always goes back to the top. When there's blame, when things aren't going right, you always have to look at the person at the top. And in this case, it's Kyle Shanahan. It's his team. We kind of talked behind about the behind the doors, Parag Marat and John Lynch stuff. But as far as on the field goes, this is Kyle Shanahan's show. We know that. And everything has to go back to him. That's just how I feel like true leadership works. And right. I question Kyle Shanahan as a true leader. But back to the point of everybody thinking he's safe, the pressure needs to be applied. And where yeah. is that pressure going to be 
applied from. Because right now it's being applied to John Lynch. That's not enough. It's, John it's, Lynch is not. It doesn't. He doesn't matter. And it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. If, John, if John Lynch walked out of this organization, got fired before, even though it's weird to fire a general manager midseason, uncommon right. at least, unless you know, something hits the wall or some sort of scandal or whatever the hell it may be. Right, that right. Be very but what changes if John Lynch leaves? Nothing. My bet is nothing. Kyle gets nothing. more Kyle gets more uh, power. Or Parag gets like, more power. Is that good? No, I don't know. But the bottom line, I want to make myself very clear. I don't think Kyle Shanahan should be fired. I don't think he's done enough, but the pressure needs to be applied to him. He's right. too comfortable. And you know what else it is? And I, I'm for people having a relationship outside of work. We see Jed York and John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan do all their drunk tweeting during the offseason, the draft. Oh, we're going to get some more juice and whatever else they're they're putting together. Like he's, it makes it more difficult to have these difficult conversations to demand excellence from your head coach because he's your close friend now and you're getting yeah. all buddy buddy with the head coach and the general manager and you're not demanding the success you're not applying right. the pressure and it just frustrates me that's the bottom line i want people to be upset not call for kyle shanahan's head and be irrational which from time no, to time I get so far kyle, exactly but, like the but the pressure like, needs to be applied exactly. to him it needs that's to be applied to him is. that's what the, the heat is the yeah. entitlement of yep. Him, he just gets this position because he signed a six-year contract extension prematurely last offseason, right? Twenty That's going into twenty twenty. That's Jed York's, York's fault. Like this yeah. organization gets a taste of something successful and then right. just wants to commit to it. Jimmy Garoppolo, perfect example. After the two thousand seventeen closing out the year five, now let's make him the richest quarterback of all time. We 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 yeah, have hope. Buckner what wasn't worth the money though. What what you're talking about? Get selling hope. I feel yep. I've been a victim of being of buying You're the a season hope. ticket I, holder. I, I, I bought the hope this offseason that you know I respect what? it. They, but honestly, know. 49er fans, they need to stop, they need to hit the Yorks in the wallet. That's the only way. I mean, it, I feel like what's happening with the Niners is what happened with the Warriors like 10, 15 years ago. The Warriors had Chris Cohan as an owner and it was hopeless. And then they 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 sold to a guy who was actually mm -hmm. interested in winning, and look what happened. You know, it was that simple. It's a great point. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's, it's too bad. Because the Yorks make so much turn. money. Like the like the Warriors sold because they didn't even think it was profitable. They sold for like 500 million. Now it's worth billions. No, Five but, billion. It's, but it's like just, the, the, the Niners are worth like three or four billion. So the Yorks are never going to sell. Like I said, they, they profit when they lose. It, there's no, this is the night. I feel so bad for Niner fans. I used to be one. But that was really during the DeBartolo days. Uh, the York's years are a f just a farce. It's it's awful. I feel so terrible for you guys. It's bad. It's rough. It's, it's rough. rough. And once you think that the team is turning the corner, yeah, it doesn't feel like they are anymore. <laughs> and and when you had your most success, <laughs> looking at Dead York ever since he's taken over the team, when you had the most success is when you had Jim Harbaugh working with Trent Baalke. You sided with Trent Baalke and. Jim Harbaugh got ran out of town, and that was right, the yeah. most successful uh, coach of my lifetime. And it, leads, it, it leads to frustration. It's I, I yo. If know, I own the team, I, this is what I would do: I would fire Parag, and I would hire a new executive vice president, and I would let him make the decisions from there. Do you want to keep John Lynch? Do you want to keep Kyle Shanahan? That's up to you. But I would hire a, a vice president from some from an organization that knows what it's doing. And I wouldn't, it wouldn't be, you know, Jed's friend. It wouldn't be Jed. Jed, could, Jed can stay because he's part of the family, but not to make decisions anymore. You kind of move the side and there's going to, you could bring in a vice president. That's what I think you do because 
as long as Parag is part of the process, you're screwed. You're screwed. And but again, hey, that's not going to happen. And that's again the tragedy of being a Niner fan. It's not going to happen. And it's interesting. Mike Schumann was the one that told me I got to be careful what I say because I was tweeting this out, throwing a lot of heat Prague Marate's way. And it's it, it's very he, powerful. Is he good for the organization? How do these players feel He's during contract negotiations? No. How do they feel knowing that the guy they're going up against is trying to squeeze every single penny in favor of the ownership? That he's going to try to put every and that he'd be willing to meet the team halfway and they weren't interested. What? Ever since I started this gig a year and a half ago, going yeah, March 2020, I've made one connection with an NFL, um, an NFL agent who represented a 49er who free agency going into this year, and he said it was it, it. like you're going up like when you play a video game and you're on the boss level like that's yeah. pretty much what the guy said it was like you you have no confidence in yourself being able to re-sign with the team and get a deal that your party genuinely really really likes cuz he stared and he leave he left he left and he got a nice he got a nice contract this uh this off season with another go. team but I, and i've always thought that like how knowing that there's all these outs in the contract is that really going to attract yeah, yeah, on, him talent. Though. so so he that's what parag's trying to do is win low ball and win in the negotiations yes. yes so what kind of players are you targeting injured ones injured ones 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 injured where it makes players. sense it, and wait wait jarek mckinnon quan alexander trent williams where are all the read, big contracts go? let me read that let me read the accomplishments uh of marat that he that, that they write from the Niners, uh, 49ers.com. Let me read this. Marath, this is a paragraph. Marath has played an integral role in rebuilding the 49ers' current roster, <laughs> negotiating contract extensions in the recent years with a number of key players, inclu- including this is this is his resume, the, the, the extensions he's ne- negotiated with Jimmy Garoppolo, Eric Armstead, and Jimmy Ward. Additionally, Marath's worth, excuse Marath's work, during free agency has helped to land accomplished veterans such as Richard Sherman, Trent Williams, D Ford, Kyle Juszczyk, and Quan Alexander. That's his resume. Okay. Hold on. There's, there's a common theme among all these players as far as where they were in their careers, what was going on around them at the time. It's not like the four ers are trying to get premium proven talent with no question marks, no concerns around Kyle Juszczyk. I'll give you, they did make him the, Highest paid fullback. Granted, it's a fullback position, offensive weapon, whatever you want to refer to him as. Cheap. 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 All those other guys, Quan Alexander was coming off a knee injury. Trent Williams, Richard Shrim was coming off the Achilles injury. Yep. There's a common theme there. The players that they're targeting and the players that would agree to the kind of contracts they're trying to give out are the hurt players. That's right. Whoa, I just had some sort of awakening with that. That's I right. So, like, when you're like, why is John Lynch repeating Trent Balky's mistakes? Like, how could you do that? Well, maybe it's Parag's thing. Wow. Maybe it's bigger than Trent Balky. Because, again, if you look at it, Parag is more powerful than the general manager. He's the vice president. He writes the contracts. He's way more power. He's the most powerful man in the organization other than Jen. And even let's go back to some of the Harbaugh days. And unlike this current team, those players stayed healthy. The big players all stayed healthy. Justin Smith, Navarro Bowman, Frank Gore, Patrick Willis. You go up and down to Sean Goldson. The players that they brought in that started to contribute, they weren't high in that. They were busts. 
Carlos Rogers, who would agree right. to a contract like that. Dante Whitner, who would agree right. to a contract like that. Mario Manningham. Randy yeah, what Moss. Do you have? But then you get a guy like DeForest Buckner. It's like, well, you're injury prone. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, man. Like, there's nothing. You're not a leader. Oh, you are a leader. Oh, yeah. Like, you're great. You're, there's nothing we can say about you. All we have to do is really cut you the check. We won't. We're gonna we're gonna negotiate with Armstead because he missed time, and he's had he's had surgeries, and that's our kind of guy. Sorry, it's frustrating. Crazy. It's the sad. only reason they got Kittle is because Kittle's a tight end. They didn't have to pay him. He had wide receiver production, but they got it at a discount that he's a tight end. And even in retrospect, you're looking at that contract being like, damn, is his best football behind him? I think it is. I don't know. But Kittle is the one guy. Really, Warner is the one guy they opened up the checkbook for, which is interesting. They paid Trent Williams, but that was reported by Trent, by Trent Williams himself, that Parag said, no, no, like we're done. And uh, he had to call up Kyle and be like, I'm going to go to Kansas City. Kyle's like, hold on, let me handle this. And he called up Parag and was like, so I guess Kyle has more uh, power than Parag right now. He called up Parag and was like, "Uh, we're keeping Trent, thanks. That's wild. Yeah. Well, everything we just rambled on about for the last 15 minutes or so all goes back to Parag. It does. It does. It does. Man, we got our eye on you, Parag. You're not. You're not. You know, s- skating below uh, the surface here or beneath the radar. No, we, we're looking at you. We know and it's I, you. I agree. It's. It would be unfortunate if John Lynch is a scapegoat out of all this because it, it's. It's hard. He doesn't. Between him and Kyle Shanahan, the, the roles aren't clearly defined as far as personnel decisions, and that's what makes me frustrated. Not knowing. Who who drafted Aaron Banks? Who can't get on get in uniform? Who right. drafted Ambry Thomas? Who right. is the person behind these decisions? Because this team early round draft picks have not been their thing. And I was listening to ninety five seven the game. There was two folks I'm blanking on. We're filling in for Bonte and Joe Shasky, and they said the Nick Bosa pick. Any single person with half a brain would pick Nick Bosa second overall. You should not give the 49ers credit for that. They anybody would select Nick Bosa. I'll Don't take Josh Allen, but. Yeah, oh, you're right. Okay, okay. I, I don't have half a brain though. I'm just well, saying. I also okay. like Brian Burns. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that. That is true. That, that is true. For, well, okay, hey, hey. but most people. And you, then again, you were out there with your Nick Bosa take, saying that he was a second round pick if it wasn't for his name. So I you know, you, you, had a, you, had a, you had a different take on Bosa, but most that. people, I should Oof. say that the general public, the majority yeah. of people, would go Nick Bosa second overall. That's true. Like how many picks? True. The McGlinchey pick, the Dante Pettis pick. Like there's just not, there's not who who is doing this? Who is doing this? Is it Kyle or is it John? And until that's blatantly clear, I, I'm reluctant to really blame John Lynch for a whole lot. And it's it's just sad. It's unfortunate yeah. to me that he's the one that's kind of taking everything it's a convenient, on the chin. easy fall guy. But I feel like when you fire him and keep everyone else, you're actually not changing anything. What you're doing is sort of appeasing the masses like okay mm-hmm. you want someone's head on a platter okay here's john's but that just means that we're not changing anything and really we're just giving kyle more power or prog more power or something like that because i mean what do they do today they're gonna like promote adam peters like okay that just means that you're just like promoting kyle at that point yeah all the same they gotta bring yeah. someone new in to kind of help regulate everything that's going on let's switch gears get ready for this colts matchup the 49ers open up as four-point favorites, even though they're on a three-game losing streak, they're coming off the bye week. They have the Colts, who are playing pretty good football, coming in right now. They open as four-point favorites. This is a great time to drop our DraftKings promo for the week. 
using promo code TPPN at sign up, you'll get $200, $200 in free bets when you place a $5 bet on any football team this weekend to win. Using promo code TPPN, you will receive $200 in free bets by betting on just one team, a $5 bet on one team to win their game this week. If the DraftKings Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed. They have huge cash uh, cash prizes excuse me, all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Join DraftKings today for your free shot at millions of dollars. And again, the promo for this week, a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their matchup, and you'll get $200 in free bets this week at DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details, and if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So that's your DraftKings promo code this week using promo code TPPN1. $5 bet, just $5 on any team. Throw $5 on the 49ers to cover the four-point line, get $200 in free bets. How does that sound to you, Grant? I know you're not much of a gambling man or fantasy man, but that sounds like a pretty damn good deal, doesn't it? It does sound like a pretty damn good deal. <laughs> it sounds like something I want to do. <laughs> All right. 49ers, Colts, how are you feeling about this matchup? I mean, not confident about the Niners. Like, they should win, but it's a game they could absolutely lose. Like, the Colts have a good defense. They do. They have a good coach. They have Force Buckner. They have Darius Leonard. Uh, so, I watched I'm, – I'm just not a big Jimmy G fan. I've watched him practice a lot. He's better in games. But in practices, especially in training camp this year, he threw, like, 10 picks and – what he would brutal. The thing about Jimmy is I've never seen a quarterback get intercept by, intercepted by linebackers more than him. He when he gets picked is by linebackers often. And this Darius Leonard has nine picks in his career. Like everyone loves Fred Warner, great player, three picks in his career. Leonard has nine, including two this year. So everyone knows where Jimmy's throwing, you know, 14 to 17 yards over the middle to Debo or Muhammad Sanu, or I mean, that's where Darius Leonard's gonna be camped out all game. So I I feel like the, this is a game the Niners could win 20 to 17 or lose 20 to 17. It's going to be another low scoring game. That's the way I see it. But I think they're I think they should win. I mean, they're a better, they're a more talented team than Indianapolis. Also, think about it this way. They're more talented than Indy, but they've had an extra week to prepare and they're at home. If they were to lose coming off a bye week at home to Indianapolis, it would be catastrophic. So they should win this game. I'm with you. Yeah. One thing I'm really looking forward to watching is Kyle Shanahan's game plan. The first couple plays, the scripted plays, what is that going to look like? Yeah. You had faced a lot of scrutiny for your game plan with Trey Lance against the Cardinals. Yeah. And what I'm expecting from Kyle Shanahan and anything less than this, I'd be highly disappointed is a performance from him, a play calling night, the kind of night that he had against, the Rams last year where he just manufactured offense left and right. Mm -hmm. The Rams, they were a top team. They won the division last year. They were great. They had a strong year. The 49ers beat them twice. 
And I'll give Kyle Shanahan his flowers. He was behind all of that in his play calling and Debo Samuel just completely taking over that game at home on Sunday night football when the 49ers desperately needed a win. It was week six last year against the Rams. They were two and three going into it. Jimmy Garoppolo just had was coming off a terrible game against the Dolphins. And Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, banana and Kyle Shanahan <laughs> manufactured offense. And that's what I am expecting from Kyle Shanahan. Make life easy for Garoppolo. It's going to be rainy. The ball is going to be wet. It's going to be muddy. Get the ball out to your playmakers in space early on. Manufacture offense for Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was one of the big criticisms that um, Brian Baldinger gave to him watching the Arizona Cardinal game. Like just to get the ball to Debo Samuel in space right. was deep into the third quarter. Right. Don't repeat that against the Colts. Get the ball to your playmakers in, um, early in the game. Get them involved frequently. Get the ball to them immediately. This would be such a great time to get Brandon Ayuk some screen passes, some jet sweeps, get him involved early on. Right. Same goes for Debo. So that's what I'm hoping for. Kyle yeah. Shanahan to have another type of night that he had against the Colts last year in this same exact situation where if you win your 3-3 three and three and things are looking more positive than they were over the last three weeks, and if you lose, oh my gosh, they're 2-4. and four. Can't lose. If the way I look at this game is if they win, I don't necessarily look at them differently, but if they lose, it's almost over. Gotta win. It, it, like they're walking a tightrope right now. And I don't know if you get praise for beating the Colts at home, although it's not a bad thing, but you got to win this game. It's just got yeah. it's a must win game. Definitely. There's they're going to be it carries more weight to lose than if you win. Exactly. I think that's a fair yep. way to yep. say that you carry Pretty a lot much. more weight on your shoulders. If home you game, lose coming off a bye, favorite. Coming off a bye, yeah. That, it'd yeah. be catastrophic if you lose Pretty this game. Whereas if you win, yeah. you took care of what you should have taken care of. Now, the one silver lining, though, is if they lose this game, I would think they would go to Trey Lance. And that would be interesting. I think the Trey Lance era would start. Yeah. I mean, because that, that, be that, that would be at that point three straight losses for Jimmy including one off a bye week against Indy at that point. Like, I feel like the Niners are Kyle's think it's tough for me to make the transition. I keep going back to like the Ravens in 2018 Harbaugh. didn't just give the team to, to Lamar. They had Flacco who'd won a Super Bowl with them. And he kind of like let Flacco fail. So the whole team could see it. Look, I know you like him. We're going to give it a shot, but now he just lost three in a row and we're four and five. What do you want to do? And I think, I mean, they went to Lamar, they turned to Lamar and asked him to save the season, and he did. And 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 those seven games that he that, uh, that he got propelled him to be the freaking MVP the next year. So it's definitely behooves the Niners to make this transition to Lance at some point this year. And if Jimmy loses this game to the Colts, you bring in Lance next week against the, the Bears. No more, no definitely. reason to wait anymore. Because the whole thing with Jimmy is he's here because he wins. He wins somehow. He wins the team. Okay, well, if he loses three in a row, that's, that's it. Three strikes around. You're, you're not winning anymore. Yeah. Exactly. You're not winning anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The way that everything has gone down has been really unfortunate because I've I've been strong in the stance that once Lance starts, I don't want to see Garoppolo again. And it right. doesn't matter if it's a benching. It doesn't matter if it's an injury. Once it happens, it happens. Unless this were to happen like in week 11 and the 49ers were eight and two or Sure. Whatever it would sure. be. If that were the case, okay, give Jimmy Garoppolo his starting job back. Although that's kind of similar to what happened with Alex Smith when mm -hmm. um, Colin Kaepernick took over. The team was very successful. In this situation, though, I would understand giving the job back to Jimmy Garoppolo. If the 49ers were 
a top contender later on down the road. But that's not the case. That's not the case. And not only that, in your one start, you got Trey Lance hurt, Kyle Shanahan. You ran the ball. You called nine design runs, another seven where he scrambled, 16 total attempts. And now he has to sit this week because he got hurt. So all this is just so unnatural. And this was one of my fears, just having the back and forth thing with Lance opposed to him just taking over and giving him the offense, giving him the keys of the car, never seeing Jimmy Garoppolo again. That's frustrating to me. And it could have been avoided if had the game been called a little more cautiously last week. As far as Garoppolo goes, I actually don't think he's played that bad this year. He no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's not I, his fault. They already it, made the decision to, to, to draft his replacement. Yeah. So it's it, like the onus was on him to like basically win it, to keep Trey Lance on the bench. And if he's lost three in a row, I don't think the organization can justify keeping the first round pick on the bench anymore. Exactly. And yeah. knowing what we're likely going to see going into the year with Garoppolo holding down the starter, uh, being the starter, even in that Seahawks game, because I was at the game, I didn't think that he was hurt. I thought he got benched because he looked fine to me mm. moving around. Yep. After he hurt his ankle, he made two of the more impressive plays athletically that I've seen him make throughout his career. There was that one play where he broke a tackle on a would-be sack, rolled out to his right, and then Charlie Warner and Brandon Ayuk both try to catch the ball. If that pass is completed, everybody's like, whoa, Jimmy Garoppolo's out here showing mobility. Right. And then there was the um, the trick play where hmm. Jacquez Patrick threw it back to him and he had to leap and make the catch and try to gun it downfield to Kittle. That was another yeah. athletic play. And I was like, you're playing on a hurt foot right now? You're making the most athletic plays I've seen you make so far. So when he got benched, I thought – or not benched, when he missed the second half, I thought it was because he got benched. And I was like – I don't think he's playing that bad to bench him and have Trey Lance take over right now. But once he took over because of the injury, just roll with the kid. And it's, again, yeah. unfortunate that he's not going to be able to play Sunday night. I think what, again, Shanahan is – I think the Niners are trying to replicate the Ravens' blueprint here. Everyone mm. keeps pointing to the Chiefs with Mahomes, but that's different. Mahomes is a different kind of quarterback, and they had Alex Smith who was playing really well. The Niners have Jimmy who is more – has kind of been inconsistent since that 2019 season. And he's more in like the Joe Flacco mold where there's like emotional ties to him. Yep. Um, and that's why he's playing. But I think the idea is to get Lance in here this season. And maybe it was, the idea wasn't to have him week five. I don't, I don't think they – remember, Lamar got the job. I think his first start was uh, November. I want to say November 18th was his first start. So if, if the Niners could get Trey Lance starting by, you know, before December, that would be good because you st you could still get him seven or eight starts this season. He's really freaking young. He's like five months younger than Lamar was. Like Lamar's born was twenty one as a rookie. Was born in January. Freaking Trey Lance is born in May. He's yeah. so young. Young. So I understand the Niners trying to like buy a little time, but I think also if you want him starting next year, you also you're gonna want him starting a few games. You gotta have him. You got to. So yeah, I can understand him saying like, you know, we don't want it tr the transition to happen at the bye week, but maybe week ten, maybe week twelve. It's an eighteen week season. But also, I feel like the front office and Kyle Shanahan they need to come to the realization that this team is not the Super Bowl contender that many viewed them to be going into the year. And Kyle Shanahan wants to win. And that, that's another thing that I feel like, is he feeling pressure? Because if I were in his position and I was going to be invested into this third overall pick that you gave up three first round picks for, 
I would show a little sense of urgency to uh, let everybody know that he's going to be a good quarterback. He's the face of our franchise. Everything is great. And we are so excited for this kid. But and part of me is like, is he feeling some pressure because he wants to win these games with Garoppolo so bad that he's going to delay Lance's development? And that's just something that I've been thinking about. What is Kyle Shanahan? What do you, what do you have to gain continuing to start Garoppolo? And it's it's just not much. What, the seventh seed? I think you could get the seventh seed with Trey Lance anyway. Here's my theory. It wasn't his plan to do this. From all reports, he wanted Mac Jones. And his his plan was essentially to do what the Patriots did, which was just start over. I think if they had gotten Mac Jones, Kyle would have wanted to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. But the difference was the Patriots didn't trade up to three. The Patriots just chilled. Stayed where they were at. They stayed where they were at, and they let it come to him. And, you know, if the Niners had – if Mac Jones had been taken, they would have been like, well, oh, well, we'll figure something else out. But Kyle got all, you know, hot bothered about it, and he moved up. And I think what happened was the fan base revolted. And I think the front office liked Trey Lance better anyway. And the front office's plan was let's get Trey Lance, who's a project, and stick with Jimmy because we're invested in Jimmy and Jimmy wins. And Kyle's whole thing was I can't trust Jimmy and Jimmy's overrated. And let's get a guy who's ready to go now. So um, if this doesn't work this season, um, you could hold John Lynch accountable for that because this was his plan. This was his plan. And, and while Trey Lance could be the right plan for the future the plan for 2021 never made sense to me and you could kyle could be like hey it never made sense to me either <laughs> I, I this was john told me it was gonna work john told you it was gonna work that's one that's a point that i'm behind yeah it just what if and nobody wants to even open their mind to this possibility what if all those reports were correct yeah. and let me take it one step further Everybody on Twitter, all of us, everybody on Twitter, myself included, saying you don't draft Mac Jones third overall. He's too right. limited. You need right. look around the league. Look right. around. What if, what if these are Jed York and John Lynch's voices saying this right. to Kyle? Right. Right. Look, Mac Jones is limited. We have a Mac Jones type in Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. There's nothing different there. What yeah. if John Lynch and Jed York were 49ers Twitter? And I keep referencing 49ers Twitter because we're, we're both actively right. on there. That's what right. if it was them giving – because uh, right now, Mac Jones is looking like it's like a top five pick, like you can what, justify. It. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and it, it's just going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out over the years. Because I, I wouldn't put it past Kyle Shanahan to want Mac Jones, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Been reported, Kyle Shanahan really wanted Mac Jones at three. He's Maybe good. He did, and he's good. People always rebuttal and be like, "There's just yeah. no way. There's just no way Kyle Shanahan would never." He's never – he has all the say in the world. Yeah. Well, you have all the say in the world until you don't because yeah. you want to draft Mac Jones third overall when he's all of these things. Pre-draft, of course, Mac Jones looks great now. And that pick, if he were to go third overall and he was performing like this and this team is above 500, it's a great selection. No one's really worried about it. But my thing is what if John Lynch and Jed York were us saying seeing exactly what we see, mm -hmm. that there's too many limitations with Mac Jones – and you need to have the big arm mobile quarterback, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, the bigger versions of Kyler Murray that this league is trending towards. I I buy that. I do I'm buy with it. it. I agree with that, but it wasn't Kyle's plan. So exactly, when you're like, where's exactly. the urgency? What could happen is if it doesn't work out this year, Kyle could be like, you can't hold me accountable for this. This is this was what John sold you on. I said, let's go. Rip the Band-Aid off, get rid of Jimmy, and start Mac. And you were like, no. 
We're going to do John's plan. All right, well, it didn't work. It seems to me that there's no, like, if, if this were Kyle's plan, he'd be trying to make it work. But he's over here yes. being like, yes, 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 yes. So this is, it just doesn't make sense to me. Trey's going not back, ready. Going back like, to the preseason, yeah. Trey Lance set the world on fire with that first touchdown pass to Trent Shearfield. After that, he did not look too good. He had the next start the next week against the Chargers where he was firing the Kaepernick balls at receivers five yards away, the high throws, interceptions. He did not look that good. And then we saw the whole quarterback by committee thing up with the Raiders the next week. Yeah. It The bizarre. whole thing is just so bizarre. fishy to me. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. It's fishy. Yeah. It's sus, as the kids would say. Like your, your first game with Trey Lance as a starting quarterback, that's your game plan to treat him like Derrick Henry and have him just absorb yeah. all this contact. There's wow. something wrong with that. There's something yeah. wrong with that. So I'm with you that – this was not his plan. This was no. not his plan. Because if it was no. his plan, knowing Kyle Shanahan, he would be doing everything in his power to show you see the how we call how, how we call games for CJ. You know who he was totally invested in. Yeah, but uh, I, I think Kyle's trying to prove a point that he's not ready. He said he likes him, and I think eventually he'll call games for Trey the way he should, but not now. It's not ready. The, the tough love stuff is just so bizarre with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. But I, I do Ask think RG3 about it. And, and that's what I think the crisis is. The crisis is that they, they did not see eye to eye with the third overall pick. There was some controversy there. Shanahan's yeah. a little salty that yeah. Jed York saw what John Lynch saw. They went with John Lynch and Adam Peters and whoever else was involved in that decision. They went with their plan instead of Kyle Shanahan because of his offense. That's what I think. So that's again, my if, if that's this my plan theory. doesn't work out and they miss the playoffs, Oh well, darn! Kyle Shanahan is right and probably gets more power. So that would explain his attitude. But and then that, that's wrong though. It's wrong because it's toxic towards Trey Trey Lance. I think it is toxic. He's caught in between. He's over he's here. Caught, that's unfair. Yeah, so I see this out like if if Jed York really has to reflect. If if this, of course, we're speculating. These are our theories. Which I think which which I think maybe pretty accurate considering the vibes around the organization right now. But let's just say if what we're speculating does prove to be true, Kyle Shanahan needs to get out. Yep. He needs to get yep. out because yep. I want someone that is going to be invested in the third okay. overall pick. If this decision wasn't Kyle Shanahan's, he's got to go too, because I don't feel like he's but again, yesterday, out of the fight, other day, out of fight. I, I talked to Kyle and I, I was like, you know, you said when you got rid of Colin, like the reason we're getting rid of Colin Kaepernick is that we don't want to have two styles of quarterbacks. Two, because yeah. if you do that, you have two offenses mm -hmm. and then yep. you're not good at anything. I was like, that's exactly what you have right now. That's exactly what you have right now. Is that why you're not, not executing? And he looked at me like, how do I answer this? He's like, well, I mean, what I said is true, but <laughs> I like what I like about Trey Lance is that I don't have to do that with him. And I didn't follow up. I should have followed up. Well, then why'd you do what you did against the Arizona? The Cardinals, but yeah. What he said, and he seemed he seemed authentic, was I actually like Trey Lance. And the idea of Lance is one day he'll be able to do my system. Clearly not now, but maybe in a month. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I want to give Kyle the benefit of the doubt that he likes Trey. He mm -hmm. probably preferred Mac, but he also likes Trey. He just has an opinion on when Trey will be Trey. For here, and it's just not now. And then we saw that against Arizona. There was a report that came out before the game kicked off 
There's nothing Trey can do to win the starting job. And they basically called the game in a manner that prevented him mm-hmm. from. I mean, if you want Trey to win the starting job, you call play action over and over and over again. And he's going to hit a few of those big plays to Trent Sherfield like he did in the preseason. And it's mm-hmm. going to be over. But they didn't do that. They just used him like a running which back. Which is, that's why it's but weird. they will. From what I hear yeah. from Kyle is he's going to. It's just when. And I think it'll be probably in a month or two. Probably in a month. So I'm going to give Kyle re- benefit doubt on that. It's reassuring yeah. to hear that you feel like he gave a genuine answer. And if that were the case, yeah, if Kyle Shan can be in a position where he's fully invested and right. he likes, he wants to see Trey Lance succeed, which I'm sure he does because he, he's he tied to stay. his career now, right? And he, he can stay. But he, he needs can, to show that at the end stay. of the season. Honestly, yeah, if, yep. if there's some kind of yep. rift between him and Trey, get Kyle out this year. Exa- yes. That, well, that's exactly yeah. where I am. And yeah. if, if he has these visions for Trey Lance – and he starts to show that he is invested. If you take away the draft picks, if yep. you just looked at the relationship without the external factors that um, he is Yo, a... KTV News calling me, man. Hold oh, on. Put me on hold. I'll be back in a minute. You're good. Sorry you're about good. that, dude. No, you're I didn't realize good. I was going to go this way. That's what happens when I have a TV star on my I'll be right back. I'll be podcast. Right. Do what you got to do. Well, Grant's out. Let's talk about where I was leaving off with Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan's relationship. That's the one thing that I would really like to see Kyle Shanahan be the one to show that he is invested in Trey Lance because I haven't seen that from him ever since Trey Lance stepped foot onto the 49ers practice field. Where has the urgency been from Kyle Shanahan to show the fan base, the rest of the NFL, that the 49ers have the next best thing in Trey Lance? I just haven't seen it, and I'm hoping to see it soon. His sideline demeanor, the lack of enthusiasm, all of that, it just raises questions. It raises questions how badly does and how quickly does uh, Kyle Shanahan want to have Trey Lance take over? Grant Cohn looks to be back. Let me bring Grant back in. Sorry about that. KTVU does like a test shot like an hour before they go live. Sorry about that. Are you on TV tonight? Yeah, after after the oh, game. Oh, look at yeah. that! Let's yeah. let's plug yeah, yeah. Grant right now. We're we'll yeah, tune, yeah. tune in to KTVU tonight in the Bay yeah. Area. See Grant get ready to talk some 49er football. But we're just about ready to wrap things up anyway. Uh, we're about 50 minutes in. We were talking about the lack of urgency Kyle yeah. has shown to get yeah. Trey Lance ready to go. That's kind of where I'm. At. I would love to see Shanahan show investment. Not just draft capital investment, emotional investment in support. He expressed in, it in a press in, conference. Yeah, yeah. Now show it with show your it. game plan. Show yeah. it. Yep. I'm with you. Against the Colts, Niners, you gotta get the round the ground game going. I want to see Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell get at least 20 carries. I want to see quick passes. I want to see Sermon. I want to see Sermon. Who did I say? I did I said them both. Oh, right? Mitchell I, too. Mitchell too. Oh, Mitchell but like, Sermon, okay. I don't understand why they're burying Sermon. I like Sermon. Let him play. So he has a higher yards per attempt, yeah. and Jack Cameron responded to my tweet earlier today saying that he's also getting hit before Sermon's getting hit. So he has a lower yards before contact, which means mm-hmm. Mitchell's running further distances before getting hit, yet has mm-hmm. a lower yards per attempt, whereas Sermon's getting hit sooner and still picking up more yards. Yeah, so it, it is interesting. It is pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but you got to get that ground game going. The Colts yeah. are what? They're 11th? In run defense, or no, the 14th. Yeah. 14th they got a good front. Defense. They have a good front, but it's definitely something that the 49ers could take advantage of. But this game, it rests on the shoulders of Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion. You're coming off a bye week. You're the offensive genius, and you need to manufacture offense for this stagnant offense that we've seen the last couple of weeks. 
Grant, thanks again. I appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure, man. Good to talk to you.